Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always great to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket Cam, Brian Weber with you. Always a honor to be in for the Hall of Famer. If you're not following Jim on Instagram, you have my permission to multitask right now. Throw him a follow because he is living his best life. Hashtag Lake Life in Wisconsin. So the goal is to be interactive while maintaining the standard of excellence that Jim has established over the decades. I do my best to be clone friendly while also not destroying this premier brand. So we have a balancing act And I know how it's going to play out on social media with a reminder, I don't have cell phone coverage inside our Rocket Mortgage studio. So it's a good thing my pal JT the Brick was in the chair yesterday because my burner phone really doesn't work that well. I keep going back to the Radio Shack and they're selling me batteries and they want my email address for some reason. The Brick was in here. Lost his mind. I think Baker Mayfield not only is going to Carolina, based on the analysis I heard yesterday, he's going to the Hall of Fame. But as we prepare to jump in with plenty of Baker Mayfield conversation, I am open to having a dialogue with you. 1-800-636-8686. Twitter's always your best bet. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. We had a couple emails when I was here on Tuesday. That's RomanHaveATake.com. In addition to me trying my best to get you involved, I never overwhelm you with guests because I'm just that fascinating. And I want to hold this microphone as tightly as I can to make sure you're hanging on every word. Just one guest per hour. Here's how we're going to approach today's show. In 40 minutes, we're talking NBA free agency. So I at last get a reprieve from Kevin Durant. Watch, 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 watch. And the endless speculation about Kyrie Irving. I don't have to venture into the paint in this hour. I'm going to turn it over to, with some penetrating questions, Brian Kalbroski, the big Kalbroski from USA Today. Hour number two, NFL analysis from a great friend, my former colleague at NFL Network, along with being our NFL insider here on Odyssey, Brian Baldinger, final hour. We talk baseball, more history last night for Shohei Otani. Feels like we should be talking even more about a historic and transcendent player. Still, nobody cares about the Angels here in Southern California. So we'll broaden the scope when we talk baseball with Scott Miller of the New York Times. Last preface before we slide in. And I don't want to be too self-indulgent. This is prime real estate, and we have a lot to get to. So, being up front with you, I'm going to get to your tweets in 20 minutes. We're going to do them, though, economically. We had a great time on Tuesday. I was very entertained, but watching the show again, marvelous job by our talented production team on the TV simulcast on CBS Sports Network. While I could have done three hours of Joey Chestnut takes, it might slide into the realm of self-indulgence. So I am going to get to your tweets. We're not suddenly now having Stern substitute. Pimp in the box. Not the late David Stern. When's the last time you beat your wife, Jim? But I'm just being totally candid with you. We have a lot of real sports to talk about. Still, it's the jungle. 
By now, hopefully you know I get the show. And to prove that point, in addition to your tweets in 20 minutes, Aaron Rodgers has a new tattoo. I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers has a new tattoo. Breaking news. We will, on television, show you whatever he's trying to say. And, of course, then we'll try to come up with a sports takeaway. What are realistic expectations for a player who's now 38 years old? I realize he's, quote-unquote, a young 38 because he didn't play early on, had to wait for Brett Favre to take his talents elsewhere. But we know Devontae Adams is not there. And you have now Rodgers beyond the enigma that is the tattoo trying to sell us. Alan Lazard is going to be a playmaker. That's coming up. And now, 15 minutes as I ramble my way into Baker Mayfield. So, the NFL going to dominate our number one of the program. And I give credit to my good friend JT the Brick for being nimble yesterday because he was working his way towards our number three of the program when the news broke. I was also on the air yesterday, and I was completely not enthralled with an NBA conversation that I had to endure to finally wrap up the guy and say, hey, folks, we're no longer on Baker Mayfield. Watch, 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 watch. So you want to grade trades instantly, which is nonsense, but that's what we do in our business. You got to say Carolina won that trade, undeniably. Now, they won it because they played it right. Because they stalled. Because they made the Browns wait and finally got to a point where Cleveland just decided we're willing to eat even more of the salary than initially, according to reports, the Browns were planning on consuming, like Joey Chestnut. So Panthers only on the hook for about $5 bucks. Baker leaves some money on the table. He can get it back with incentives. What does that tell you? Cleveland is writing a check for $10.5 bucks to say adios to the number one overall pick. Not in 2012, not in 2014, 2018. I was filling in for Jim in 2018. This is not that long ago. So sometimes, and I can tell you as a relationship expert, as a 52-year-old single guy living in a one-bedroom apartment, I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Phone calls, a possibility, 1-800-636-8686. Your tweets at B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs in 15 minutes. Sometimes it is better to write a check than to try to make things work. And that's, to me, the biggest component of what happened yesterday. The Browns have been fed up with Baker for a long time and never lose sight of the fact this is a new regime. This is not Freddie Kitchens with no previous head coaching experience on any level, handpicked by Baker Mayfield. This is, and no need to even talk more education than I normally do, but Kevin Stefanski is from the Ivy League. He is cerebral. He has a very precise offensive game plan as opposed to Freddie Kitchens, who if you watch the Browns, and everything I'm going to share with you is based on watching games. I could read you 400 numbers. That's deadly sports talk radio, and I'm not good at math. I was told there'd be no arithmetic involved. That's why I got into broadcasting. If you actually watch games... And for five years, I did a seven-hour 
Red Zone radio program with no commercials. I felt bad for that poor microphone at the end of the day. But I was immersed in every game. And every time we went to the great Jim Donovan on the Browns radio network, it would be third and seven, third and 12, and Baker doesn't move the chains. Now, I realize what he did early on, the rookie touchdown record. I get it. I'm well aware of how well he played a couple years ago. And if you're a Baker fanboy, you can push back and say, hey, fill in dude, whoever you are. Don't you have to factor in the injury last year? Fair point. And I do credit the resolve and tenacity of Baker Mayfield to try to play through the pain. But that's who he is. He has to do that because, by his own admission or any fair evaluation, he is not that physically skilled. He has a very limited range of talents that you're looking for in a quarterback. I'll give you an old word. He's got moxie. He's got spunk, as Lou Grant once told us on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I'm now going to the early 1970s with the references. As I mentioned, I'm only 52, not 72. Baker has always been limited, but it is a reflection of his belief in himself, his willing his way into the NFL, and I know the numbers were gaudy in Oklahoma, but if you want to be stat person, everybody puts up huge numbers playing in a spread offense in college football now. Defense, especially in the Big 12, doesn't exist. I think it's illegal in the state of Oklahoma. So Baker, to me, is whomever you want him to be. As someone who watches games, and I'm not employed on Sundays anymore, but I sit on the couch icing my sciatica watching the Red Zone channel. And the issue for Baker has been too much self-belief, bad decision-making. I'm not talking about trying to outrun the cops on campus as an undergrad in Norman, although if I want to be snarkier, He could have used a faster first step, and that was validated by the slow 40 time at the Combine. Baker's entire offensive approach is trying to throw it into tight windows. If you love him, you're going to tell me he's a gunslinger. Well, he ain't Brett Favre. If you watch him play, since he's so often forced to ad-lib, show off the improv abilities, extend plays, well— Mobility is a huge part of that, and he's not fast enough to outrun NFL rush edge pass guys, defensive ends in English, and linebackers. He just does not have the athletic ability. So, having said all of that, I think this is the right move for both teams. I am surprised that the Browns would do it now because we still don't have any clarity about the availability of Deshaun Watson. And we're going to try to be creative each hour of the program, chopping up the Baker Mayfield analysis. I know the audience is always changing, but I can't say the same thing over and over and over again. And hopefully by now it's pretty apparent. I don't have a pile of pre-written takes here. If I did, I would have had to get up a couple weeks ago and write down, all right, pause here, make sure the spittle is flying on television. So when we get to... The next go-round, in the next hour of the program, I'm going to frame it more from the Cleveland point of view. Do the Browns have 
either inside word, which I doubt, or blind confidence, that seems more appropriate, that Deshaun Watson is not going to have to sit out the entire season. Because if, in fact, that is the ultimate decision, and don't lose sight of the fact that we have now a modified league discipline system, it's starting with Judge Sue Robinson. If the league does not like her ruling, they can appeal. And by they, I mean the league then appeals to Roger Goodell or his designated reviewer of facts. If the league wants to be consistent, especially with their marketing appeal to 50%, more than 50% of our society, the NFL claims that 50% of their fan base are women. How can you have Deshaun Watson on the field at all this year? At the same time, we'll talk more about this coming up in the next hour of the program, according to reports, the way the league has set up this disciplinary process, we know that Watson initially faced 24 lawsuits, reports that two more might be coming, so that number would come up to 26. New York Times reporting that he reached out to 66 different massage therapists, but those numbers aren't relevant in terms of league discipline because, according to reports, the league only presented evidence from five massage therapists, narrowing the scope, and according to reports, all five of said accusers said in their testimony they did not feel coerced, nor did they feel a threat of violence, which leads optimists to believe that Watson only, only air quotes, is going to be suspended for eight to ten games. But either way, no Watson for the entire season means for now the Browns are riding with Jacoby Brissett. I don't see it. And for all the Baker bashing you might think I've been doing, I would take Baker Mayfield over Jacoby Brissett for an entire season. That's why I thought rationality would kick in and the Browns and Baker would make up for this year only. But clearly, sometimes the most straightforward explanation is the right explanation. Baker and Cleveland are just sick of each other. So Baker is in a better spot at least to audition for the next contract. If we're just going to slot the quarterbacks in the NFC South, Tom Brady won, number one of all time, but I think he's done. He wants the Fox money. If you believe he's getting $350 million at the end of this season, I go Baker and Jameis Winston in a dead heat as the second best quarterback in that division with Marcus Mariota, the presumed new starter in Atlanta. So, He's got a shot. The Panthers have more weapons than you think because the knee-jerk reaction would be, all right, well, Cleveland had a better offensive line during his tenure. That was the reason why Baker had that magnificent season a couple years ago. Playoff win over the Steelers. When do the Browns ever win a playoff game? When Lou Grant was looking at Mary and saying, I hate Spunk. Better offensive line then, okay, but very quietly, Carolina upgraded the offensive line in the offseason, you think Cleveland wideouts, well, you know, I don't have to remind you, even though they picked up Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr. bolted and Jarvis Landry isn't there anymore. Fantasy alert, fantasy alert, fantasy alert. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, net-net, are probably as productive of what Cleveland's going to have at the wideout position. And the huge unknown is Christian McCaffrey. 
and I won't play the Stanford card too early, but I went to a school in Palo Alto. You will not find a bigger Christian McCaffrey fan than yours truly. He got robbed. It was sports thievery of the Heisman, but he just can't stay healthy. So that's so much, I think, of what Baker's year is going to look like. And we're not going to know until we get deep into the season because, remember, Carolina started 3-0 and and then everything changed. Lost their last seven games. The other thing that Baker has to be mindful of, I don't believe for a moment this is a true quarterback competition. Matt Rule can say whatever he wants to. Baker's going to be the QB. And think about the situation now in Carolina. As I keep reminding you, Baker, the number one overall pick in 2018, Number three overall pick was Sam Darnold, who's now on his way to being a career backup and journeyman. But the owner of the Panthers didn't make all of that money in hedge funds by being complacent. So if you've been paying attention as of late, here's what's been going on under center for the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, the Cam Newton cameo. So Baker, if he wants to stay in Carolina, I think more to the point, he wants to get paid He's got a ball out this year, especially for an owner who has a very short attention span. So, to sum it up, it's the right solution for Baker. Free Baker Mayfield. He got liberated, and I appreciate anybody who will bet on themselves. Put some money on the table. He can get it back with incentives. I don't candidly know what Cleveland's doing other than they just did not want to deal with Baker Mayfield anymore. And sometimes it gets just that personal. Because when we get back to this topic, to start hour number two of the program, I'm going to take you through Jacoby Brissett's body of work. If you made me pick between the two, I'm going with Baker Mayfield, although we don't know his health, coming back from the shoulder procedure. Although, remember, non-throwing as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. And we'll kick in Jimmy G as well as we continue just to churn the stew under center with a lot more coming up and... Let me reach over and hit the button. The countdown, the kickoff is underway. What do you know? Carolina hosting Cleveland week one. It's almost like the NFL had an inkling something might happen there. And what are the Seahawks doing? Thank you very much. You're going to wheel out either Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And why is Pete Carroll still patrolling the sidelines like Mr. Peanut? Pete, go take a nap. You want to be part of this rebuild? If you're a at least tolerant person for my approach, here's the good news. I'm back tomorrow. If you're already dreading what's occurred for 25 minutes, make it a long weekend again. 1-800-636-8686. Tweets coming up. BW Weber, Weber with two Bs. Email RomanAvatake.com. Straight ahead, we're talking more NFL. Aaron Rodgers has a tattoo. I will do my best to paint the word picture for the radio-only audience, and I know television will support what I'm trying to achieve here. In 15 minutes, I am thankful to have an outside voice to talk NBA free agency because I did so much of it on Tuesday, and yes, it was just that laborious. Not a big word Thursday, but I don't want to overwhelm you with repetition, so we will get the expert analysis from Brian Kabrowski of USA Today. Looking forward to our first conversation. As promised, some tweets. And if you heard bittersweet, it's not a one-hit wonder Thursday edition of the program. I will make sure that word, bittersweet, is connected to the Aaron Rodgers tattoo observation. 
Salvador Yoga, Darnold and Mayfield, the fabulous Bust Brothers. Didn't see that tweet out there from Carolina. They would have Michelle Pfeiffer and the piano and then Darnold laid out on top of things. Canadian Hitman, always a frequent contributor. Who cares about that scrub baker? He always brought us down. Yours, the butcher and the candlestick maker. Hickory Dickory Duck. Don't hit the button, Alvin. I'm not doing dice, okay? I'm just going through stream of consciousness here. Finally, local hero, Brian. Great Mary Tyler Moore reference. Keep skewing to that 70 to 80-year-old demo. Please feel free to drop in some Perry Mason references next. Sign the CBS suits. Raymond Burr for the win. Now, when I was a kid, I couldn't believe that was the same actor in Godzilla who played Perry Mason, who never lost a case except for once. And then he was Ironside suddenly in the 1970s. And there have been days in this chair. I have resembled Ironside, if you know what I'm talking about. So I love any obscure TV reference from the 1970s. Bittersweet is a word that comes to mind when I think about Aaron Rodgers because he so desperately wanted to get out of Green Bay. Did he? In retrospect, after I spent the majority of my time as a fill-in host last summer talking nothing about Aaron Rodgers, that made any sense because I went through all of these different scenarios, and at the end of the process, you know what we learned? It was all a shakedown. All he wanted was more money, and he cloaked it in all of this weird, obscure language, a beautiful mystery he was finding himself. You know what he wanted to find? More money in his bank account. And he succeeded. So it's been an interesting summer for Rodgers. We've not talked much about him. He went underground. But he has resurfaced. And he volunteered this to all of us on Instagram. He's got a brand new tattoo. Now, I don't know why he's letting the world know now what's going on. Because as mentioned, he's going to be playing in that celebrity golf event Beautiful Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and it's on TV right now if you're watching on the terrific simulcast on CBS Sports Network. We can try to dissect this together. So there's an I in there, all-knowing, I believe, omniscient. There's your big word. I think I'm seeing lions or some wildlife. Is this like the Da Vinci Code? This reminded me of a few other things. I'll give you another obscure reference from the 1970s. If you love comedy, watch Monty Python on YouTube. That looks like a cartoon from the great Terry Gilliam. And then someone's going to come over and step on him, and they're going to cut to the dead fish, dead bird sketch. Uh, The Zodiac Killer may be involved. That came to mind yesterday. I was thinking about perhaps coming up with a retraction after I threw out the notion Jeannie Buss might be linked somehow to the Zodiac Killer with her strange tweet that we... Went through together on Tuesday. I have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is trying to tell us. Now, he claims he's going to explain at some point while we're still hopefully paying attention why it's, quote, deep and meaningful to him. He's 38 years old. And I'll say it again. In football years, not dog years, football years, he's a young 38 because he had to wait for Favre to finally move along and get on the field. But is he having a midlife crisis at 38? I I don't 
understand what has become of Aaron Rodgers. And if you've listened to me, I know you probably tuned me out over the years. I was the biggest Aaron Rodgers fanboy in the world. I told you repeatedly, he's the most skilled quarterback in NFL history. Last year, I made the case when, because I assumed it was a done deal, when he won a second Super Bowl ring, you have to put him in the top five of all time. Well, maybe that weird map on the tattoo can guide Rodgers, like Tom Hanks' character, looking for the Mona Lisa. Maybe it can lead Rodgers to a home playoff win, which he couldn't do last year. When Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners defeated the Green Bay Packers. And I realize Garoppolo did virtually nothing. That was a win San Francisco achieved thanks to defense and special teams with a block punt. So I am now of the mindset, while I can appreciate Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting to find him tedious. And he's never going to talk to me. It's almost exclusively now with Pat McAfee. And that's why Pat is making a lot of lettuce. But sometimes people, a la Kyrie Irving, try to demonstrate too frequently that they're just either on a different plane intellectually than the rest of us. Remember Kyrie's tweet, not about the Zodiac Killer, but about ordinary people and those who are transcendent having a different impact on life. I don't know along the way what happened to Rodgers, or maybe this is who he always was and I just wasn't paying attention. How about the Aaron Rodgers that used to talk about drinking scotch? Or the Aaron Rodgers who entertained us with, relax. Not, not Aaron Rodgers, watch, 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 which dominated the summer. But in terms of football and football only, oh, and I got to pay off bittersweet. So quick thought on tattoos, because I'm having a midlife crisis at 52. Why is it everybody under the age of 40 now, including Aaron Rodgers, wants to disfigure their bodies? Folks, you're going to carry this around for the rest of your life. You want to be the illustrated man at the assisted living center? And don't tell me it's about expression. Open your mouth. Talk to me. Now, I know nobody picks up the phone anymore. I I get it. This is a generational shift. But everybody, you kids out there, because I'm skewing to the 75 to dead demo with my Mary Tyler Moore takes, I don't understand what you're trying to achieve. This lasts forever. So I'm currently involved with somebody who's age-appropriate, if I was 35, who's convinced she wants a tattoo that says bittersweet across her rib cage. Let's do that together. B-I-T-T. That's a lot of leathers. And we're not talking about Adele. There's not a lot of real estate there to get the tattoo. A football thought to try to salvage the segment. And yes, when I thought about Rogers, I thought about my own personal frailty. This is the question when people move beyond the wonderful depth of whatever that tattoo means. And Rodgers has to talk some football between watching Charles Barkley shoot whatever the version of 110 would be on the modified Stableford scoring system in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. And I already saw it on two talking head shows this morning. Who has more pressure now with Devontae Adams moving to Nevada? Is it Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? Well, doesn't Adams now have a quarterback with... A big arm and car and a playoff team with the Raiders and a innovative head coach and Josh McDaniels running the offense. And what does Rodgers have other than a surreal tattoo? 
and deep existential questions for us to answer. Well, remember the Packers also lost Marquez Valdez Scandling to the Chiefs. So that's a all-pro type player in Devontae Adams and their number three receiver at MVS. And who's left? Quick summation. Randall Cobb, 32 years old. Why is he on the team? Because Aaron Rodgers said so. Packers let him go. He bounced around the league, went to Dallas and Houston. Now he's back on the roster because Rodgers was able to dictate some personnel moves in addition to his ultimate goal, which was to get as much money as possible. Sammy Watkins. He's unbreakable because he's made of glass. 15 for Sammy, under the age of 30. And the immortal Alan Lazard. I looked it up just to give you some validation. Lazard caught 40 passes last year. Fantasy alert, fantasy alert, fantasy alert. You put the three of them together because Watkins is not going to stay healthy based on previous performance. The three of them do not equal one Devontae Adams. So maybe that tattoo has some sort of communication with aliens to help Aaron Rodgers out as I now am getting my divorce from Aaron Rodgers, a la Baker Mayfield and the Browns. This is going to be a year of transition for Green Bay. I'm not doing the Tom Brady off the cliff metaphor, but Rodgers better enjoy everything else going on off the field because this feels like the year things finally, finally, start to regress in Cleveland. All right, if you have tattoo thoughts, I'll throw it out there for our next round of interaction. Am I just dead wrong? Stop disfiguring your bodies. 1-800-636-8686. If you're going to do it tastefully done, like a, uh, a dolphin or a football logo on your ankle, I don't need to see it. And certainly don't get bittersweet to the NFL conversation. Further analysis of the Baker-Mayfield deal. Aaron Rodgers now getting ready to play a season without Devontae Adams. How about the future of Jimmy Garoppolo? That's all on the agenda. We have a conversation with the always insightful Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. He's our NFL insider here on Odyssey as well. Up next, a different slant on Kevin Durant. First, oh, I was Nipsey Russell. Just stumbled into that rhyme. More tweets. And I went over to talk to Ritt. We had our quick production meeting. And I said, what's going on? He said, hey, it was a jam. And when you have that feeling of electric boogaloo, I can't fault Ritt for just going with the rhythm of the music. I've also seen your tweets about the tattoos. Quick observation. You realize there is a degree of performance artist tree here, right? I don't want to take you too far behind the curtain. If you want to get a tattoo, I'm just the guy on the radio. But I'm paid to share opinions, and my opinion is not a fan. Ted in Albany. I'm saying don't get 400 on your arms, okay? And that's your commentary. Ted in Albany. It is so interesting that Aaron Rodgers has a new tattoo. That's been the motivation of this sidebar that we stumbled into. It was not on my rundown today. Signed, people who watch bowling on TV. Scrivens has an answer. And the question for you folks, because I said it, I don't remember, is it Scrivens or Scribbins? Scrivens I was not enunciating an as much. Then. I think it's Scrivens. That fella, Scrivens, that was 2004, is now in his early 40s. So that's how far along we've come. Ken and S.A. Webb's 38-year-old dudes getting their first tattoo like Aaron Rodgers. That's really cool. Sincerely... 
adults with purple hair, and 50-year-olds with belly button piercings. A few more. Hey, Jim Benton, who has been kind enough to find a lot of my old audio and video when I sounded like a poor man's Howard Cosell with a falsetto delivery. According to Webster, the definition of bittersweet is pleasure accompanied by suffering. Are we talking about a tattoo or your new mattress? I feel empathy for the mattress. I feel empathy for my bank account. Quick sidebar. When did buying a mattress become more expensive than a car? Look, I work hard, but I'm cheap. Maybe that's why my back is falling apart. I've had the same mattress for nine years. I stroll down there just trying to solve my sciatica. I had to take out a second mortgage on my one-bedroom apartment. Maybe we could have had a deal. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Weber. I'll read this for a free mattress, but I am only a fill-in guy. Two more. Uh, Sean in Escondido. Hey, Weber. Who's your favorite baker? Chef Boyardee or Liddy? <laughs> this is very good. Chef Boyardee or Little Debbie? I'll go off the board. Chef Tell, who was a syndicated chef who used to do segments on the news when I was a kid, and his lockout, as we say in the business, his tagline, ooh, it's so good. He would teach you how to make a hot dog into a mm. pizza. Try that sometime. Finally, Stephen H. Town, the Finally. archivist of the program, Rome's living his lake life, Weber's living the cake life. Okay. So I try to deflect, attack, ricked, and you all come back my direction. Let's get back to the NBA. We'll do... Five to six solid minutes here, and that's by design because I keep using the wrong metaphors, but I can't help myself. I have a sense when you're full, and I'm back tomorrow, and we'll talk Durant and Kyrie Irving to a lesser extent, trying to be creative and not just repetitive and redundant, but giving more thought to what I laid out on Tuesday when we went all in with the news coming off the long holiday weekend that Durant wants out of Brooklyn, what if this is just strategy? What if he is trying to get the attention of one person and one person only in Kyrie Irving? What if he and his team of advisors came up with this thought process? We throw out the idea, we're leaving. To make sure that Kyrie realizes that he's got to play nice if, in fact, he's going to stay on the Nets. And everything I'm reading, I'm not an NBA insider, but I've covered the league long enough, and I read the same things that you read based on my nine years of being the Warrior sideline reporter 20 years ago. I'm still riding on that, dining out on that. Apparently, all of the inherent speculation about a Kyrie Irving-Russell Westbrook deal has been premature. That if, in fact, this trade is pulled off, it's going to take quite some time. So, given the long runway here, maybe Durant is signaling to Kyrie, okay, I'm looking around too, but if you do a couple basic things, I'm not asking you to change, Kyrie. We know that you're a deep, deep thinker. You're on a different plane than the rest of us. But how about this? You show up occasionally, and apparently the vaccination status will not be an issue, hopefully. I hope we're all in a good place as a society in the fall. Another commentary on the fly. How about you play 
most of the season. Again, the bare minimum. And how about you act like a rational person? We know that you got to do you. You're eccentric. But just fit into a degree. You can come and go as you want. Shoot-arounds are optional. You can give as much unsolicited input to Steve Nash as you want to. Because, after all, that's why Durant and Irving selected Steve Nash. Because they wanted a head coach they could control. But do a little bit of things that resemble a functioning basketball player. And I'll stay. This is Durant's logical progression. So I think there is a school of thought that makes sense. That Durant coming to the Nets with this trade demand or request, however you want to sum it up, Durant wants out is the most straightforward way of phrasing it. This could all be maneuvering to get Kyrie to play nice. And let's see what we can do together. And Ben Simmons at some point coming back from the back surgery. We have no idea as a basketball public what the state of Simmons' game is. Last time we saw him in Philadelphia, he could not make a shot, a layup, a free throw. And he was afraid to shoot, clearly, because his confidence was blown. So Durant could be just trying to, through the Nets organization, deliver the message to Kyrie. And there's one more thing that Kyrie should be mindful of. He's in the last year of his deal. So Durant could be saying to Kyrie, I don't know why they just wouldn't pick up the phone, but these are unique individuals. Hang around Be a normal employee, as normal as you can be because you're a different cat. Let's see what we can do together on the floor. That's why we teamed up together. Harden's gone. Plug in Ben Simmons. They picked up T.J. Warren. Remember, T.J. Warren was scoring like Will Chamberlain in the COVID season. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but could be a difference maker on the margins. And if you do all of the bare necessities, as the song once said, You're going to get paid because never forget in the NBA, the team you're on can pay you more than anybody else. And if they can actually play together, as was the goal for the majority of a season and more important, the postseason, what would this team look like? I don't know because we haven't seen enough of it. But the East to me is certainly much more of a place where Durant can make an impact than if he goes to the West. Because as we discussed earlier when we had our first NBA conversation with Brian Kalbrowski of USA Today, you put Durant on the Suns and you give up the other Aiton and a sign of trade, Bridges, whoever else. Durant, along with Booker and an aging Chris Paul who has fallen apart again come playoff time. He looked like he was 140 years old against the Mavs. That collection of talent is not better than the Warriors. But if you stay in the East, Miami is still flawed. What did Miami do to enhance their roster so far? Are you convinced that Kyle Lowry is going to get in better shape and look like the Kyle Lowry we saw in Toronto as a supporting cast to Jimmy Butler, who clearly needs more help because he was running out there playing every minute on one leg. Boston... I don't think has the ability to close, and I know this sounds ridiculous. They just made it to the NBA Finals, but you watch those games. 
They made it far too challenging with the Bucks. They almost gave away Game 7 against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you saw the weird shifts quarter to quarter against the Warriors. They couldn't find the rhythm for long stretches. And I think some of that's a byproduct of the leadership of Jason Tatum. The Bucks, phenomenal world champs. I get it. But if Chris Middleton's your second best player, that's a flawed roster. So I'm just trying to give you another prism through which to view a topic that is not going away anytime soon. Because if you think everything I just said was hooey, tell me how the Nets can cobble together a deal that gives them the kind of compensation that will meet the Rudy Gobert deal because Danny Ainge fleeced Minnesota. And don't you have to, beyond even using that as a baseline, surpass it? Isn't Durant worth more? So now we're talking about three and four team weird amalgams. And somehow, every trade machine I I find on the old Google machine has Donovan Mitchell winding up in Brooklyn via a nine-team deal that includes the Pacers. So just wanted to attack the Kevin Durant story from a different point of view, and we're going to let it go for the rest of the day. Let it go. I'll circle back to it tomorrow when I wrap up the week, filling in for the Hall of Famer, but we have a lot more to attend to prior to a Friday edition of the program. Straight ahead, our next guest is Brian Baldinger, the former NFL offensive lineman. He's also our NFL insider here on Odyssey. Brian, we've not chatted for a while. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. I mean, I'm like any other football fan in America, you know, just sort of counting down these uh, hot days of July trying to get to training camp. And now we have clarity about Baker Mayfield, so let's start there. What's your assessment of the deal? How do you think Carolina did, considering they got Cleveland to pick up over $10 bucks of the salary, and they may only have to send a fifth-round pick back in return to get Baker? They really got nothing to lose in this whole deal, Brian. I mean, it was just, you know, they were interested. It was just a question of the contract. They weren't going to pick up all $18 million that was owed Baker. They got a one-year kind of look at Baker to see if he's in kind of a long-term fix, long-term answer. He gets to compete with Sam Darnold. Um, You know, it's a great deal, fifth-round pick. Uh, You couldn't ask for anything more if you're Carolina. It may not solve the quarterback issues, but they may get another guy to kind of look at and to see if he can be the answer. And as we think about what Baker can achieve, Baldy, we know he's playing for his next contract. But when you sum up the talent around him, and Carolina did invest in the offensive line in the offseason, how good do you think Baker can be? How impactful can he be if he can stay healthy? Well, uh, yeah, he can be impactful, uh, Brian. I mean, last year, the the torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder was the first injury that Baker Mayfield sustained, period. Um, you know, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Cleveland for three years. He really was very, very healthy. So he got it repaired a week after the season. He's been healthy for the last four months. He's in good shape. Um, he took this Cleveland Brown team to the playoffs and won a playoff game in 2020. He set an NFL record in 2018 for touchdowns by a rookie quarterback with 27. Um, you know, he's had, he's had good moments in this league. He's had good stretches of playing good football. He's been a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Don't know that he's going to beat Sam out. Competition is on right now. But he has played better than Sam and been healthier than Sam. 
And Brian, do you think that's going to be a legitimate competition? Do you think that it's not a done deal that Mayfield's going to be the starter week one, especially with the Panthers taking on the Browns? I don't know if it's, you know, week one. Um, you know, I mean, Sam's been in the offense now. Uh, they changed offense coordinators at the end of the season in Carolina under Matt Rule. Uh, but he's been in the offseason program the whole year. He's got a big advantage on Baker. But Baker learned a new offense at Oklahoma. He learned a bunch of different offenses in Cleveland. Uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll adjust. He'll be fine. It's just a question of, you know, the only way we know, Brian, is if it's a quarterback competition, is if they split the reps. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam starts one game, Baker starts another game. Who plays with the number one offensive line? That's how you'll know from the outside without even listening to any of the press conferences. Talking football with Brian Baldinger. Check out his great work on TV. It's NFL Network here on radio. He is our NFL insider on the Odyssey platform. Let's jump over to the Cleveland perspective. Brian, we've seen a lot of Jacoby Brissett in the past. The two years he was a starter in Indy, handful of games last year in Miami. Based on that resume, how much confidence do you have in Brissett if he has to be the starter for an eight-game suspension for Deshaun Watson or if Watson has wiped out the entire year? Well, you know, Jacoby Brissett was signed the day after Deshaun Watson signed his, you know, big lucrative deal of $230 million. He was signed to be the backup quarterback. And quite frankly, Brian, that's what I think he is. He's 14-23 and 23 as a starter in six years. This is his fourth team in six years. I mean, it looks like he's on his way to being a journeyman backup quarterback. When you ask the backup, Brian, to go start 17 games and try to help your team elevate to the playoffs in a difficult division, I think it's, I think it's unrealistic to expect that from Jacoby. He has not been that guy to this point. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Can't, doesn't mean that he just won't have an amazing uh, transformation here in Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski. But he hasn't showed that type of level of play and consistency of play you need if you're going to compete with Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh right now. As you know, Aaron Rodgers saying all the right things about his faith in guys like Alan Lazard now that Devontae Adams is with the Raiders. Paulie, as you sum it up, if I give you Lazard, Sammy Watkins, who's hurt a lot, Randall Cobb is not young, are the three of them as effective as Adams was as an individual last year? No, they're not. But that's not really – I mean, that's a fair question, Brian. Don't get me wrong. They have been 7-0 and over the last three years without Devontae Adams. They have cobbled things together, especially with two very talented running backs and the return of their two starting tackles who are very good. Um, you know, and an improved defense, I believe Aaron Rodgers has enough to work with right now and to win games. Uh, they, they, they need contributions – from you know Christian Watson, from Romeo Dubes out of University of Nevada, uh, Reno. They need contribu- contributions. Robert Tunyon, who got hurt in the fourth or fifth week last year. I mean, those guys have to step up. we got to see what their third-round pick a year ago was, Aaron uh, Amari Rodgers. we got to see what he looks like this year. Right? To answer your question, I believe there's enough there to win the NFC North uh, you know, and to get ready for the playoffs. Brian, great information as always. I really appreciate you taking the time, especially with your remaining days of vacation. Can't wait to see you as part of all the training camp coverage coming up in a few weeks on NFL Network. Thanks, Brian. I can't wait to contribute and get out there to the camps. I'm I'm all set. Take care, Brian. Appreciate your time. 
Good night now!